Hello, and welcome to Nevermind the Pain Points, a podcast dedicated to helping you unlock your business challenges. Pulling on our network of clients, partners, experienced employees, and industry experts, we wanted to share with you our views and opinions on common business challenges. As a consulting firm that deals with these pain points on a daily basis, we thought we were well-placed to get insights on addressing these challenges. Enjoy the episode. to introduce Sophie and Nancy, who are some of our retail industry experts. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about Next and what key lessons other retailers can learn from them around their enduring success. So let's get started. At the end of October 2020, Next was outperforming their competitors. They're expecting their pre-tax profits for the year to hit around 365 million. That's 65 million more than initially expected. They've weathered the COVID storm phenomenally successfully, but next COVID endurance isn't the only reason we should look to them for lessons in successful retailing. They have proven time and time again how to be ahead of the trend. And as a result, they have remained unanimous with the British high street, and as a result, a national treasure. So there are two things I really want to touch on when we're going through this podcast. The first is how the data they've acquired from their catalog, the next directory, has helped them to become customer experience leaders. And the second is why their online focus has really helped their brick and mortar stores. So without further ado, let's get started. The first question I have to my lovely guests, Sophie and Nancy, is why do you think Next are the king of the high street? I have to go first on this one. So I think, you know, recently one of the most interesting things for me has been their ability to really execute the kind of omni-channel experience for customers. So whilst most other retailers have a very clunky experience when you're working between online and offline, Next have been one of the few retailers to you know, really combine both experiences and leverage that to their success. I think it is down to their catalogues because they've had them for a few decades now and that gives them a really great understanding of their customers and they've been able to leverage that in all the decisions that they've made going forward. That's a really interesting point you make there, Nancy, and I'd quite like to go into that a bit more. Um, I know that the next directory, it was launched in 1988, I believe, and it was really Next who started this and they created the blueprint for catalogue retailing. But what do you think now are the legacy impacts of the next directory? Sophie, I don't know whether you want to kick us off on this. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I think to the average shopper, people wouldn't know that for these days wouldn't know that next has a history from the catalogue but it's pretty telling with the way that they use data and um, how well they understand their consumer and that's really come from the catalogue so just things like having really really clear awareness of um, what stock sells well and what volumes they need of it has enabled them kind of moving forward to make sure that they make sensible decisions Um, And one of the interesting things there is actually the way that they run sales and discounts. So they don't discount um, at all, apart from with sort of three major events in the year. Um, 
obviously one of those we've got coming up with next Friday uh, being Black Friday. Uh, so it's all front of mind at the moment, but it's just quite a neat way of making sure that the customer understands the value of the project product and they're not devaluing themselves. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as a child, you always knew when the next sales would come in, you, you would have queues outside of the shop and your mum would be there counting down the days because they were the one sale you actually always knew when it was kicking off. It's, it's really interesting around the, the discounts that they offer because so many other retailers fall victim to like really high discounts and they're discounting all their products and offerings and next they're actually avoiding that and they're not sitting on a lot of stock in their warehouses and it's opening up more space there so it's it's really clever merchandising and um, through utilizing that customer data it's a really interesting point actually that price um the way of pricing products and it's something that uh i i used to work a bit with um hospitality businesses and a number of them fell victim to this offering uh discounts like if you take pizza express for example you probably wouldn't go there unless you're getting 50 percent off on a pizza mm. and i think it's so damaging to the brand and the product um so seeing a retailer actually being able to execute on this and avoid that tendency to just drop into um constant discounting and sales uh is yeah it's great to see i'm kind of wondering after covid i know that a lot of retailers at the moment are left with a lot of surplus stock so i wonder what position next are in currently and whether they're being forced to potentially break into that realm of discounting to try and shift some of that excess stock i haven't come across it but it'd be interesting to see if they have a bumper january sale yeah it'd be interesting as well with black friday to see how much they would be able to shift if that was the case so how do you think the legacy has impacted their customer service i think next have great customer service um from personal experience They've got a great social media presence. They're really responsive to any customer queries. And I think because they've had that legacy of the catalogue and capturing all that data, they're really familiar with the type of needs customers might have with any issues or returns. And they know how to respond to that and making sure that that part of the experience is really seamless as well. Their customer loyalty as well is a, a really key element to their success. I think they're one of, you know, a few retailers who have managed to acquire and maintain a very loyal customer base um, and that's credit to their customer service actually yeah. interestingly this morning um one of my flatmates um had ordered a, uh, she'd bought a necklace not off next but somewhere else and it had broken within like three months of having it she emailed the customer service rep there and they said of course we'll um we'll replace it she got it in the post today 48 hours later with a little lint chocolate bar in it as well i just thought that epitomizes amazing customer experience and um yeah for sure she's going to be returning to that brand i mean i know that not everyone can execute the same thing but it just shows simple gestures go a long way yeah having that human touch and that human voice is really something that yeah that means i would have signed me up forever i'm now their biggest fan and it's definitely something that you can see from the next customers whenever you see any responses on facebook or twitter it's a very human approach. They give the name of the customer service and it's probably something they had to learn. They've been dealing with remote issues with their customers for years. So it's just great to see it still in play. One of the other um, interesting things from Next is that as well as having their customers being the consumers, obviously they've got a number of the other brands that operate um, and sell products through their platform. 
And I think the way that they kind of define customers encompasses both those end consumers and the brands themselves. And they're both trying to optimize the experience that the end consumer has as well as the brands. And obviously that in the end is going to result to that great end consumer experience, um, which is going to uh, help them build loyalty again. Something that a lot of uh, department stores could probably learn from how to how you treat your sort of concession brands in order to in the end optimize well one get them to continue selling through your platform and two optimize the end consumer experience I was just say, I think that I think that's really interesting because they're not going to go and leave to go to competitors and you know going back to the loyalty point they'll stay with that brand and pr- kind of create that exclusivity um so then customers, the next customers are going straight to next, knowing it's the association with these great brands and they won't leave for competitors. Yeah, I mean, it's exemplified by the fact that Laura Ashley has now signed up to be sold within Next, which is such a legacy. And I know, I'm sure every one of our family homes has something Laura Ashley in. And that's just going to really reaffirm if they're already loyal customers it's marrying those two great brands, which is really interesting. So like their selection of who they work with is really clever and really bold, actually. I might be jumping ahead. It might be something that Alex, you're keen to talk about a little bit later on, but um, you talked there a bit about Laura Ashley being part of the uh, brands that sell through the platform. And there's obviously Victoria's Secret recently and a number of others that sell through their marketplace. And I guess the only concern there is as they continue to sell more and more brands that you forget kind of the end consumer and why they're shopping and what they're looking for and you sort of diversify beyond the point of offering something unique um so i like i I like the idea and um as long as you understand exactly who the end consumer is and why they shop with you and you're able to sort of meet them for all of those needs that's great but if you're trying to just cover everyone um and end up making it super unclear and undifferentiated then that's that's a big risk and I think that's probably again something that a number of traditional department stores have fallen victim to over the years. Yeah there's a risk of their over diversifying I mean one during the COVID period they've been really fortunate their home brand has been so successful and has propped them up but if they continue sort of going down this avenue of being the jack of all trades rather than focusing on their ones really clear group target age range of like those 25 to 35 who want the fashion then they could be running the risk of losing it definitely i also think well even if they are diversifying and that can be really positive for them as a retailer they do need to make sure that they're still focusing on those cool products like the next home range and some of the fashion and making sure that it's still designed for for the customers making yeah. part of the key offering as well driving that okay so we've spoken quite a bit there about the different the legacy impact of the next directory um and i guess one final point i'd like to discuss on that is how they have that heritage around understanding their customer and so that's really ingrained in their culture and it's probably a key lesson that companies should be looking at really fostering is having setting up that culture of the company to having that customer centric focus going forward which isn't there in I'd say majority of the companies and retailers who are competing against next 
a lot of people know that they need to be customer centric, um, but actually translating that, as you say, into the culture and embedding it and really understanding like what tools and what knowledge you need in order to execute on that, I think is is challenging. And it's obviously bespoke to every organization and therefore requires quite a bit of uh, groundwork to try and get that set up. Yeah, completely. So Next have always been super customer centric, really, haven't they? Their original strategy was one brand, two ways of shopping. So giving the customers those options of using the directory or going in store. And then in 99, when they launched the online presence, it shifted to one brand, three ways of shopping. Again, making sure the customer's needs were really at the core of what they were wanting to do. But I guess now, as we've kind of gone into this different area of everyone wanting to shop online, Next has been really quite impressive how they've still maintained that footfall through the bricks and mortar store. I don't know whether, Nancy, you can give any insight on how they've managed to do that. I think that's a really interesting point because Next have maintained their in-store experience, um, making sure that customers are having like a seamless journey and that it's not just online. Um, they offer click and collect in store so customers can go to collect items um, they also they consider the whole customer journey around in-store shopping so they don't just think about what it's going to be like in the store but they're also considering all the touch points beforehand so their flagship store I think it's in High Wycombe they around five years ago incorporated some sensors in the car park to make the car parking experience easier for next shoppers so they basically would say you know there's free parking here or you need to go elsewhere because they recognize that car parking is still part of the shopping experience and that if customers are frustrated that's already a part of the bad experience before they've even got in store um, so I think that they're, they're really great at thinking about the finer detail and making sure that it's really tailored experience to what customers want. Exactly right. And I think it's about understanding why people go to the store anyway. And, and you guys will have noticed that, well, when was it back in September, they announced that they were rolling out their beauty store concept. Um, and that's just another classic example of understanding how the consumer shops and what sort of channels they need to use to do so. Um, beauty is one of those products. Well, one, it's a growing category at the moment, but you know, two, it's, it's the sort of thing that people like to go to a shop to actually sort of see and yeah it's just interesting that they have now chosen to experiment with that concept and roll that out and see how that works and if it attracts more customers to the store no but it's completely right they really get why and where the store is important i mean their children wear and their homeware are massive parts of their stores now because you need to go and experience a sofa you need to go and test out that bed and children near on impossible to get the best clothing so taking them in store is really important but then on the flip side they do have that great online they have the app for those fashion needs so they've just nailed both aspects really and I think on the online store they've they were kind of one of the original people to get that delivery and not just buying online, getting it shipped out really quickly to your house, but also giving the option to use a vast network of stores to actually go in and pick it up. Their click and collect is 
fantastic really isn't it yeah and that comes down to them integrating online and offline and tying it all up together that multi-channel fulfillment piece is so important they used to I don't know if they still do have Amazon lockers as well or you know Amazon delivery within their stores which seems like an odd idea um, at the moment given that Amazon is the retailer that everybody is trying to compete (laughs) with but you know again it's just another way of um, driving footfall into the store and you know probably does come back down to the point of you know where your customers shop and how can you leverage that knowledge to uh, encourage more purchases and drive more people into the store they are really smart with their in-store strategies I think they also incorporated some Costa stores as well so if you were a customer and you just fancied a coffee and Next was the nearest, you'd go into that Costa and then you could also browse Next at the same time and make purchases. Yeah, and Paper Chase being the same one. If you want to quickly pop in, get some cards, before you know it, you've come back with an absolute bag full of jumpers and everything else, which is just genius. (laughs) Let's just hope they're not falling victim to the challenge that all other sort of major department stores had where they were taking out these enormous leases Mm on sites and couldn't generate the footfall they needed so we're having to kind of um well got stuck with them and ended up going through cvas but let's hope that next aren't trying to just plug the gap by bringing in a few concessions or um space fillers to try and reduce their reliance yeah no that's a really valid point let's hope they're just focusing on customer ease and catering <laughs> to their customer needs well but it's true i mean on the flip side they have had concession stands in tesco's as well which is a really clever link. People go into their groceries and see that the next fashion is there and available to them, which is just, again, highlighting to these new customers, oh, next is an option, but also just giving that ease to the customers. So having just spoken around the different legacy impacts of the next directory and how it's helped them, what lessons do you think we can pull out to help other retailers? So I think for me, it harks back to having that um, customer centric culture. Uh, Obviously, it is part of their heritage. Um, We talked a bit about the one brand, two ways of shopping and their excellent customer service. You know, other retailers can really learn on how to embed that customer centricity within your organization. Um, I think that's one of the really key points here. Yeah, I agree with everything you've just said, Sophie. I think also tying into that is utilizing your customer data whilst some retailers probably don't have those that catalog and all those data gathered from like over the last what was it 20 years but making sure that you do have that data accessible and that you can leverage that to start making decisions whether it's about your merchandising whether it's about your customer service um so i guess that kind of feeds into the customer centricity that you just mentioned and a bit of a road question. Do you think there's anything Next can do more to utilise the legacy of their catalogue? Probably not get caught too caught up in the, the kind of legacy factor. I don't think they do. I think they're actually very good at being, you know, forward thinking and experimental and not afraid to try new things. Um, but yeah, there's a danger that you uh, kind of rest on your heritage and feel like you've equipped yourself. Um, with the data and knowledge that you need and don't kind of continue to drive forward. Having had that discussion around the car park, talking about the different 
um, concession stands. I personally feel the key lesson is the other retailers can draw from this is maximizing having those multiple different channels and really linking them up because they've done it so well being able to order online and collect in store. But I don't know, Sophie, what's your top lesson? So I think um, for me, with risk of sound like a broken record, it comes back to that whole point of really understanding your customer and what they're looking for when they're visiting your different channels, be that store or online and making sure that you're optimizing um, for that specific occasion. I feel, well, going back to what we were talking about earlier and those levels of personalization, whether it's from the customer service side, bringing that to all touch points across the customer journey. So whether it's, whether it is the car park, whether it is in store, whether you're connecting your in-store with online, making sure that at every touch point, the customer is having a seamless journey. Mm, nice one. So um, we've mentioned how they have Costa concessions, they have paper chase concessions, but they also stock a lot of branded items such as Ralph Lauren. What do you think that does for the accessibility assessment? I think it's great. I think a lot of retailers could learn from what Next are doing because they're giving customers access to brands that they might not have had access to before, particularly from a credit perspective. So with Next Credit, customers can buy designer brands and pay for it over a three month period. Whereas if they went directly onto the Ralph Lauren website, they may not be able to afford that upfront cost. So Next is connecting them with brands that they might want to be associated with, but couldn't previously and are now able to. With the risk there of falling into the same trap of um, not having a really clear proposition and um, differentiating yourself. But no, I think, it's, I think it's an interesting point. And if you look at where the market's going in general, you've got people like TK Maxx doing incredibly well at the moment because, again, they're able to supply those... Um, brands at a lower price point because they're um, not kind of their key core collections or their um, last season's items. Yeah, and I mean, I think it links back to an early point we've mentioned. The breadth of the offerings that they do have has meant that they're still catering to such a wide audience and they are pulling in new generations of shoppers. I mean, they've recently... Um, started stocking Lipsy, which is introducing that younger shoppers of next younger generation of next shoppers who will be there and will be able to follow through going from their own fashion to their home brand to their children where garnering that loyalty which we've already touched on yeah and a lot of brands are trying to leverage that kind of customer lifetime value um, as a measure of kind of customer experience and loyalty in conclusion, we've touched on so many different lessons that other retailers can really take from Next and how they can start to becoming that enduring brand who you see on the um, high street for years to come. I think for me, the key takeaway I would take as a retailer looking at Next is how they've been very brave and really quite bold in their approaches to new um, aspects. I mean, back in 1988, having that directory, then in 1999, getting online, and then also partnering with, say, Tesco's and 
Amazon, who are big competitors for them. I mean, F&F and from the fashion perspective and Amazon just from the general lifestyle perspective. And I feel that next, their bravery has been massive to them being so successful. They're always ahead of the curve, but ahead of the curve, driven with customers in mind, not just doing bold, different things out of the blue. It's completely strategic based on customers. Yeah, very data-driven decisions that they're happy to kind of take upon on and very quickly kind of test, learn and abandon or scale depending on the success of it. As the market continues to be so challenging, I think a lot more retailers are going to have to take this more experimental attitude because no one, you know, can really predict what things are going to be like in three, five, ten years' time and just being able to have a go, try something learn from it and iterate it's going to be key to a lot of people's success definitely so um that's all we've got time for today please join us for another podcast or check out our website to find out more about customer experience or retail thanks so much everyone thanks alex thanks alex